In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Afternoon Tea with host Sammy Sage. Is that what you're saying? Please proceed, Governor. Presented by the Betches Sub Podcast. Better hope there's a lot of girls listening to this with the volume turned down. Your weekly dose of political therapy. Cardi, that's what I've been doing my whole life. And now, with this week's guest. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Your host, Sammy Sage. Welcome to today's episode of Afternoon Tea, your companion to the morning announcements and weekly political therapy session brought to you by The Betches Sup. Today's guest is Vishen Lakiani, CEO and founder of Mind Valley, as well as an author and motivational speaker. Vishen came to talk to me about taking an interesting path in life, from a job in Silicon Valley that he quit to become a meditation teacher, which eventually became the company he runs today. We talked about how to figure out what you're meant to do in life. And with that, let's get the tea from Vishen. Thank you so much for joining us, Vishen. I am so excited to be talking to you about your philosophy, your your new book, The Buddha and the Badass, and just you know what you're up to these days. So just for our listeners, I, I think one of the most interesting things about your background is that you quit Silicon Valley to become a meditation teacher. And I feel that that will sort of give a lot of context to this conversation. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you arrived at what you're doing now? I always love when people say, tell me about the time you quit Silicon Valley to become a meditation teacher, because it sounds like such a weird life turn, right? And it was, it was. I was a VP of technology sales at a, at a thriving Silicon Valley startup, uh, had a cushy job. I, I had an office in Manhattan, in Chelsea Market, which is that expensive property that Google now owns. It's where YouTube Studios is right now. But it was also crazy stressful. I discovered meditation. It was, it was a particular style of meditation, which is so unconventional. It's called the Silva Method. It used to be really popular in America in the 60s and 70s and 80s, founded by a guy called Jose Silva, who came from Laredo, Texas, a little border town between Texas and Mexico. So the interesting thing was, like, I'm of Indian origin, but I discovered a form of meditation that was best described as Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex meditation. But it was all about exploring altered states of awareness, visualizing your goals, gaining absolute control over your body, over your your healing rates, for example, right? Being able to heal um, minor ailments with your mind, being able to visualize your goals and move towards it. But the most interesting thing about this meditation is that it opened you up to heighten creativity and intuition. And that was what changed everything for me. See, what happened was I was a VP of sales because I was damn good at closing sales. But my background is computer engineering. I knew nothing about sales. I was failing as a salesperson because I lost my job after the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, The only job I could get was a dialing for dollars job, a no base salary. I couldn't sell jack. But after taking the Silva method, what I found is that I could develop an intuitive rapport with the person on the other end of the phone. I would intuitively know who to call, like literally, I would go into altered states, meditate in the office, run my hands down the phone book, and and guess, for lack of a better word, guess 
which person I should call, which potential client I should call. Long story short, double my closing rate using um, um, within one week of taking a silver method class, got promoted four times in three months, became VP of sales. Everything in my life was now, you know, I, I was living, I was living an incredible life, well-paid, living in Manhattan, dream apartment with my girlfriend back then, and um, VP of sales of this thriving firm, but I felt unsatisfied. I felt something was missing. And so I remembered what got me to where I was, and it was meditation. And I realized, well, that is when I'm most at peace. That is when I'm happier. What have I made that my career? So I quit. I became a meditation teacher, and immediately I went completely broke. That I, I could... I could guess why. So something I've noticed, you know, within the pandemic is that because people have been so isolated and they're not getting that sort of like one-to-one satisfaction from their job, I think a lot of people have been having that sort of been faced with that sort of question. Like, this is what I thought I wanted to do. Now I'm not really so sure. I'm feeling burnt out. What kind of advice would you give people who are experiencing that in this particular very tense and stressful time? There was a reason I ended that last sentence with, and then I went broke. Because what I wanted to do was drive a point. And that point is, if you are going to pursue, I I believe all of us are here living two lives. There's a life inside us, which is the life that our soul wants to live. It Call it destiny, call it karma, call it whatever you want, but it's a life that is our ideal. It's why we were born. I don't believe that souls chose the human experience to say, you know, I want to be this, I want to be a human being so I can check in at nine and check out at five and slog for like 60 hours a week. I believe that our souls rather are here to, to grow, to experience the beauty of the world, to contribute, but to escape the matrix, the matrix is what human society programs us to do. And to truly live an expression of our soul, you will have to go through some form of downtime. So in my case, I quit a high paying job in Silicon Valley and New York, became a meditation instructor, and I went broke. And for the short while, I feared for my career. But very rapidly, what I noticed is that I was more refreshed every day. I loved my job. I was teaching tiny little meditation classes in in small three-star hotels to small groups of 20 people. But I loved the impact I had on those students. I loved that job. And so I put so much into it. From my previous job where I loved coming home, I was now in a job where I loved going to work. Now, when you get into that, other faculties open up to you. You're more in flow. You're innovating more because you can't, you're constantly thinking about, you know, what you have to do that day. You're constantly thinking about how you can better serve your students. And I rapidly started innovating. And one year later, I was making more than my previous job. And one year after that, I was making twice as much. And now Mind Valley is, um, is a tremendously successful company. And uh, we, are, we are now uh, racing towards an IPO. That's, congrats. That is amazing. Yeah, but it all started because I had to take that leap of faith. And, and the thing is, you know, when you tell people, I want to be a meditation instructor, the first expectation is, well, yeah, but isn't that playing it kind of small? But, but the point is this, you can be a writer and you can be a small writer or you can be a big writer. You can be a poet and you can be a small poet or you can be a massive poet. 
I have a friend, for example, Jack Canfield, who's a big writer. He sold a hundred million books. Uh, and I'm sure we've all heard of famous poets, um, famous yoga teachers, famous artists. Those people exist. But I think, and, and, and I'm not saying everyone can be super successful following their passion, but you can certainly be a lot happier. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. You know, I think a lot a lot of the conversation this year has sort of centered around privilege and how, you know, not having the financial means or having a significant amount of debt might deter people from taking this sort of move and and pursuing their dreams. What is sort of your your answer to that question? So, so firstly, there's a very simple set of mental models that you can apply to help elevate your chances of success. Okay, so let's talk about this from a science perspective. I'd love to know, what are they? (laughs) So so the first thing is this, there's a book called Breakthrough Company. And uh, in that book, uh, the authors talk about a study of entrepreneurs and what they found is that you are 30% more likely to succeed at your entrepreneurial venture if you do it as a side hustle. In other words, don't quit your job cold turkey. When I started Mindvalley for the first few months, I actually still maintain my job as a VP of sales. I work full hours. I get my most. I serve my, my, my boss. I serve the founder of the company. But on nights and weekends, that's when I built up Valley. That's when I was teaching myself how to use, back then we used a crappy little software called Microsoft FrontPage. I had to teach myself how to use FrontPage to build a website. I had to teach myself how to use Photoshop for graphic design. I had to teach myself how to find a drop shipping company. Uh, I had to teach myself PHP programming, because back then there were no easy ways to build a checkout and I had to write one myself. Um, So I had to teach all of this and it took a while. So the first step is this, don't quit your day job. Rather, go to night school, go to night school, educate yourself, figure out everything you need to do. But as you're educating yourself, don't just blindly read, build. I didn't just read a book on building a website. I actually bought front page, the software, and I started building. And my first websites were so goddamn ugly. But you start, you start educating yourself. So that's the first rule. Don't quit your day job. Second rule is start educating yourself and acting. Um, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill has a very interesting uh, um, suggestion. He says, you want to get rich? Don't wait. Act fast and take baby steps. In other words, you may not know exactly how to build a website to sell whatever it is that you want to sell online. But you can take a baby step. You can register a domain name. You can maybe open a Shopify account. Those baby steps add up. 
But every baby step is telling your mind that you are moving forward, that you can do it, and you learn from these baby steps. Too many people I know sit and stagnate, trying to figure out. You know, like I, I literally have met people who didn't build their website for one month because they couldn't figure out what domain it should be, or they couldn't figure out um, um, the color, or they couldn't figure out a design firm. That's bullshit. You got to take baby steps, even if those steps you are not a hundred percent sure of. Because the point point about baby steps is, as long as you're learning, you're moving forward. Okay, so that's one and two. Would you like me to continue? Yeah, definitely. I'm taking notes for myself. So okay, so step three. Step three. This applies whether you want to start your own podcast or start a book or start your own restaurant, whatever it is. You must know this one number: MLI, your minimum livable income. Your minimum livable income is exactly how much you and your family needs to survive and lead. A decent life where you can be blissful. I don't mean ecstatically happy. I don't mean you got to take a vacation to Cancun uh, like Ted Cruz. <laughs> I mean yeah. just blissful. So in my case, I was at that point when I started Mind Valley. Um, um, I, I, my wife and I uh, had moved to New York, and she was European, so she couldn't get a job. So I was the sole breadwinner, and um, we calculated that to live to pay rent in New York. Um, to survive, to have decent meals, and and back then a decent meal to me uh, was Subway. We basically ate Subway sandwiches every day for lunch, right? We, they're filling. Um, yeah, they are. They are. They are <laughs> filling. They're they're not the healthiest thing, but back then no. I didn't jack about health. We calculated that we needed four thousand dollars a month to survive. That's it. Now my job was paying me seven thousand five hundred. Keep in mind this was two thousand two, two thousand two, two thousand three. My job was paying me seven thousand five hundred a month, and then I'd have sales commission. Sometimes I'd bring home ten thousand. I needed four thousand, so I knew that if I was going to side start a side hustle, I needed to start the side hustle slow and steady. And I knew that until I could hit four thousand, I shouldn't quit my job. Because if I couldn't hit four thousand, that's it. I can't pay rent. I can't afford my subway sandwiches. My 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 new bride and I are out in the streets. So I started the side hustle uh, with the intention to get to four thousand in monthly income. Now, the first month, I lost eight hundred bucks. I lost eight hundred bucks, even though because I built the website myself, my wife jumped in to do customer support. We had to advertise on Google AdWords, and we lost money. And very rapidly, we learned how to get better at Google AdWords. And in month two, we lost only three hundred bucks. And then in month three, we made exactly four dollars. Not great, but that's a pretty good start. We went from losing three hundred bucks to making four bucks. Okay, now now we have come to the third point: know your minimum livable income. And now I'm going to go to point four. Point four is this. Point four is. Hack your way to your minimum livable income. Now, what I mean by hack your way is keep optimizing, keep optimizing, keep optimizing. I knew if I had to go from a three hundred dollar loss to a to a four dollar profit, I could probably go from four dollar profit to five hundred dollars profit. And so I kept experimenting. I kept changing the website. I taught myself copywriting. I taught myself how to build an email list. I taught myself how to capture leads. I just kept. Hustling and learning, and hustling and learning, um, and eventually, um, I got to a point where I was making four dollars a day. And now we come to part part five. Nothing is ever too small. Celebrate every victory. So when I got 
to $4 a day, I would reward myself by going to Starbucks and celebrating by buying a $4 uh, cup of coffee. Not hard to hit that number there. Not hard to hit that number. But, but now, mentally, in my mind, I wasn't telling myself the story. You fucking loser. You're, paid, you're, you're working so hard and you're making $4 a day. Um, instead, my story was, wow, I've built a website that runs on its own. It runs on its own. I don't have to, you know, once it's built, it's, everything is automated. It runs on its own. And I get a free cup of coffee every day. How nice is that? Now, by month five, what, was, what happened is I was making now $4.50 a day. You know what that meant? That meant I could now get a Starbucks venti with hazelnut flavoring and whipped cream. Can I just ask what you make of that trope that's often like thrown at millennials, like just cut back on your iced coffee, cut back on your avocado toast? It's, it, we're going to come back to that. Respectfully, it's an irrelevant point. Let, let, let me get to the core of this message. Celebrate every victory. Back then, I took whipped cream and hazelnut flavoring with my Starbucks coffee. I don't right now, right? And I look a lot better. I feel a lot better. I'm in better shape now than I was 20 years ago. But we're not talking about nutrition. You didn't ask me for nutrition advice. I'm talking about how to, how to start a business. And this fifth point is super important. Celebrate. Gratitude, according to studies, has the highest correlation with human well-being. And if you're grateful for every little victory, you set yourself up mentally for further and further and further victory. Remember this quote by Lynn Twist, what you appreciate, appreciates. And so as I celebrated every victory, I just found that I got more and more and more. And eventually, I remember Thanksgiving of that year, I hit 4,000 a month. And that's when I quit my job. Congrats. That is, that's really awesome. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Before you can start a side hustle that you have enough sort of motivation and inspiration to continue working in that way, giving up your extra hours, how can one pinpoint their own values? What difference can they make that actually is important to them as well? Right. So pinpointing your own values, that, that, that's a fairly vague question, right? Uh, but are you asking that because of chapter one of my book, The Buddha and the Badass, where I talk about finding your values? I am. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I think it's a really 
a hard thing for people. You know, a lot of the listeners of this podcast are, you know, in their 20s and early 30s. And I do feel that the 20s are a, a, a decade, especially for millennials and, you know, older Gen Z, where you're really learning about yourself. And, you know, in a lot of cases, people were just sort of told, go to college, get the most well-paying job you can, even if you're not really that interested in it. But I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people who sort of they turn maybe 25 and they're like, oh shit, like I hate this and I need to do something that's more aligned with the person that I am, even if it means I will forego an income for a time or whatever it is. So how does someone who's maybe feeling lost figure out what those things are? Well, well, first I want to tie it to what we've been talking about, which is basically how to get your business going, right? So anybody can, in today's world, be a meditation instructor or be a coach or write a book and self-publish it, start a social media account and try to grow your followers. Anybody can do that. But the people who are truly successful have an edge because there's a, there's a resonance that people have with them. Now, and that resonance is what I call living your soul print. So you got to understand people grow up in, um, in the context of religion, People have different beliefs. People uh, believe that we are here to be good, so we go to heaven. Uh, we are here to, to live a good, noble life. My belief is, is my own, and my belief is this. We are souls having a human experience, and each soul is here to experience a certain subset of the human experience. And this subset of the human experience that your soul is craving is what I call your soul print. Now, how do you find your soul print? How do you find that thing that your soul is really craving? Well, you look at your life, and all of you can do this with me right now. Look at your life and reflect on the pain that you've gone through in the past or your peaks. Your peaks meaning your most elevated moments. So your pains are often the breadcrumbs to your soul print. You see, very often, I believe, the universe uses pain to help us grow. In my case, I experienced um, a lot of pain in 2003. I was setting up my company, Mind Valley, in New York City. We've established that storyline. But what happened is that in 2004, I got added to the Muslim watch list, the same Muslim watch list that your ex-president Trump uh, wa wanted to bring back. I'm not even a Muslim. I just happen to be brown and <laughs> I have a beard. I guess that qualifies you. I have no freaking idea. But it was, and, and again, I don't blame anyone because September 11 had happened two years before. America had to take care of itself. I don't blame anyone. But the fact is being on that Muslim watch list sucked because I could no longer use certain airports. I couldn't get in a plane without a two-hour government interview. I couldn't get off a plane without a two-hour government interview in the airport. Um, the, the, the watch list back then was called special registration. But the suckiest part of it was because I was American at heart. I didn't have an American passport, but I lived in America. I lived in America for 10 years, a decade. I was American at heart and I considered myself American. I had no intention to go back to my home country of Malaysia. Malaysia was my past. It was history to me. But all of a sudden, every 28 days, I had to report to the US government to be fingerprinted, to be photographed, and to show them my credit card so they could track my purchases. And it was living under that, living under, it was like living under parole. In three months, I decided I couldn't live in America. So I had to give up the country I love, move back to Malaysia and reboot my life. 
And that fucking sucked. That was the most painful moment of my life. I had to leave my friends. I had to leave my home in, in New York. I had to leave everything and start new in a country I hadn't lived in for 10 freaking years. But you know what? That put in a value system in me. And that value system in me is, is unity. Uh, so, so my biggest value is unity. I, I never want anybody to experience the pain of that type of discrimination again. So I, as a side hustle right now, I'm very much involved in activism, in supporting organizations that build global bridges, that build cultural diversity. My company itself, Mind Valley today, employs people from 60 different countries. We support organizations like ISAC, which are student exchange programs designed to create more open-minded, culturally diverse politicians, future politicians. And my pain became a mission. It became a value system. Unity is in everything I do. Now, that was just one of my values. I also discovered values such as transformation. I discovered values such as um, um, innovation. All of these values came from either pain or peak. Now, when you identify these values, what you want to do is you want to infuse them in your business and your life. And we're going to come to that in a moment. But the first step is to identify your values. Think about your greatest suffering and think about what is the opposite of that suffering. So, for example, if you were abused as a child, the opposite might be kindness. Maybe you decide that kindness is your value. If you were discriminated because you were a woman, maybe your value is that, that, that you stand up for, that excites you, is women's rights. Now, you want to take that and you want to infuse that into your brand. If you go to Mind Valley, one of the most unique things about Mind Valley is how diverse we are. Our websites are filled with diversity. Our team is 60 people. One thing that gives us an edge as a company is that our audience is from all around the world. Like our members are not just in the US, it's we have no majority country anymore. Our members are scattered all across the world. We have Mind Valley local chapters in, in over 100 countries. But that business decision came from my drive for unity. But that business decision gave us an edge. It became part of the brand. If you wanted to learn from an American personal growth company, there are plenty for you. But if you want to learn from a truly international global personal growth company and meet fellow students from all around the world, there's only one choice, Mind Valley. So whether you want to be a poet or you want to be a writer or you want to be an artist or you want to be a programmer, you've got to identify your value and infuse that into your brand. And when you do that, you create a magnetism and a charisma that makes your creation stand out. It's almost as if your creation has been blessed by magic. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's so important, I think, to keep people, you know, motivated and in what they're doing is that it has to really resonate with you on a deeper level. You mentioned how unity is a really important part of your brand. How do you think that America can potentially even approach something resembling unity with this level of division? Absolutely. Well, well, firstly, the division is real. It's happening all around the world. And it's basically, so I want to point you guys to, a, to, the, to the work of a very notable American philosopher called Tim Urban. Tim Urban writes a blog called Wait But Why. And in the blog, he recently wrote a set of beautiful articles called The Story of Us. And it's the story of basically the human psyche and, and why America is in the state it is right now. 
It's a remarkable, it's a remarkable read. Although it's a blog post, I think it's about a hundred thousand words. Tim Urban writes blog blog posts that eventually get turned into books. But here's the basic thing, right? Um, and I'm paraphrasing Tim here because I appreciate his work, and and uh, um, I think everyone should be checking this out. All of us can be motivated by two different aspects of our mind. We have the primitive mind, which is the animal instinct. The animal instinct is about survival. So. The primitive mind was dominant in humankind back when we were hunter-gatherers. If you saw, um, if you were about to kill a deer and you saw a member of an opposite clan, and you know, okay, there's only one deer and there's two of you, you might kill him because you want that meat for your family, right? This is the this is the primitive mind. It's about competition. It's about distrust of others. This is part of us. It's part of all of us. But as we evolve as a species, there's a new mind that is appearing called the higher mind. And according to Tim Urban, the higher mind is the mind that looks at connection, that looks at ideas, that sees humanity as one. Our lives are constantly battles of the primitive mind, when we get angry, when we judge someone, and the higher mind, when we act through our noblest instincts. Now, what happens in societies is every time a leader steps up, the leader can be higher mind oriented or primitive mind oriented. But that leader is going to attract followers of a similar mind. Donald Trump, you can guess what type of leader he is. Primitive mind oriented. It's about competition. It's about blaming Muslims, blaming refugees. It's about, um, you know, he has a whole multitude of sexual harassment charges. Donald Trump is a brilliant marketer because he speaks to the primitive mind. And he has an amplification um, a method, which is essentially Fox News, OAN, and other channels. Now, the thing about the primitive mind is, once you start activating the primitive mind, the primitive mind automatically creates what Tim Urban calls an echo chamber. Echo chambers are created by fundamentalist religion. They are created by Trumpism. And echo chambers are situations where a group of people come together and they decide that there is one truth. There is one truth. And they, they decide that their identity has to be attached to this truth. And their identity could be Republican, could be Trumper, could be QAnon. They decide there's one truth and, and their minds latch onto this truth and anything else is seen as a lie or is seen as a threat. So if you disagree with them, you're an asshole. Now, conversely, um, people who, leaders who activate the higher mind, they aggregate a different type of people into a different set of grouping called idea labs. Idea labs are distributed. Idea labs are people who come together and they respect alternate opinion as long as the alternate opinion is grounded in fact and reason. So idea labs very, very rapidly push out a fundamentalism. They push out Trumpism, but they respect ideas grounded in reason and fact. Trumpism doesn't has very little fact. And so Within an, uh, so an idea lab are clusters of individuals operating with the higher mind, but because they look at ideas based on the quality of the idea, they do not feel threatened by an alternate idea. They know ultimately science will discover some truth. And they also know that they are capable of shifting between ideas. So because of this, idea labs are pockets of individuals that are less connected, but are more embracing of each other. So idea labs form when we operate from our highest instincts. Idea labs don't see competition between ideas because ultimately truth wins. This is why when a country is led by idea lab-oriented leaders, Biden, 
is willing to to be part of the World Health Organization. Biden is willing to be part of the Paris Climate Treaty. But when a company is in a country is led by an echo chamber leader, a primitive mind leader like Donald Trump, it's all about the singular truth, and everything else is a threat. So fuck the World Health Organization, screw the UN, forget the Paris Climate Treaty, and it's a horrible situation to be in. We have to learn to recognize echo chambers. We have to learn to recognize primitive mind activators, and we have to ensure that they stay in the garbage bin of history. Now, some people will, will look at me and say, well, Vision, you spoke about the Idea Lab. You spoke about looking at all viewpoints. Yes, Idea Lab leaders assemble people who have multiple viewpoints, but there is one criteria. The viewpoints must be grounded in truth. I'm sorry, but if you come to me and say, QAnon has a point. No, he doesn't. If you come to me and say, the earth is flat. No, it's not. There are certain truths that we know are true. Okay, now, and there are certain opinions. So Idea Labs do create a filter around bullshit. They have an effective bullshit filter. So Joe Biden does stand for unity because he's embracing an Idea Lab, but that doesn't mean that he takes down his bullshit filter and accepts some of the most dumb ideas coming from the Republican establishment. Okay, so my question is, how do the Idea Lab unity, higher-minded people reconcile in a political jungle with the echo chamber primitive? So here's what you got to do. All of us, there's a lot of them, but they're still a minority. They're also in the Senate, so it's that's the issue. <laughs> exactly. What? So when you're in an Idea Lab, you must hold very true to your no bullshit filter, and you must, you must go after the leaders who are perpetrating hate, who are perpetrating the primitive mind, and you must destroy them. You must get them arrested. You must bring charges against them. You must file lawsuits against them. There are five lawsuits against Donald Trump right now. You must go after them. You cannot be a wimp. And I say this because I'm in Estonia right now. And what happened in Estonia is that we had a female politician, Kaya Kalas, who won the election. But what happened is the outgoing prime minister decided to build a coalition with the right-wing government led by an absolute clown called Mart Helme, a guy who had said Estonia is for blonde white people. If you're black, go back. He had even said women belong in the kitchen. Don't come into politics. Yet the outgoing prime minister, whose name was Yuri Ratas, formed a coalition with Mart. The woman who won the most votes didn't get to become prime minister and they took over the government. That's horrible. Estonians went to the streets. Estonians protested. Uh, everyone felt so embarrassed for the country. And very rapidly, the Estonian government turned into an echo chamber. Matt Helme, the racist guy who was now the number two guy in the country, it was scandal after scandal, bribery, um, um, uh, racist remarks. And finally, what happened is this. Finally, what happened is this. When Joe Biden won, Matt Helme... Um, in in uh, um, November, made a bold declaration that Biden stole the election and Trump should have won. Why? Because people who tap into the primitive mind, like Mark and Trump, they want to see each other win. Immediately, everyone in Estonia thought, what a stupid man. Because America, Estonia, by the way, we're on the border with Russia. America's our ally. We're part of NATO. So we need America because America is... is um, is like a big brother. America, Estonians are very pro-American. And here was a guy saying that Americans are so dumb they can't run an election and that the American president, Joe Biden, was a phony. Immediately, the other politicians went after him and he had to resign. 
that's great. That's a good ending to the story. Now, now it didn't stop there. The next thing that happened is that there was a corruption scandal, and the prime minister had to resign. So in Estonia, we went after these assholes. We 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 went after every corrupt, every racist, every discriminatory act they did, and they were forced to resign. And Kaya Kalas is now our prime minister, and we're the I think the first country in the world to have a woman president and prime minister. You know, there's a lot of jealousy coming from over here. <laughs> so 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 yeah. here's the thing, right? You can't be a freaking wimp. In Estonia, the people here did not did not go into wimpish mode and just accept these these assholes. They protested in the street. They spoke out in the newspapers. I spoke out in the newspapers. My friends spoke out in the newspapers. The Entrepreneurial Society of Estonia decided that they were going to speak up, and eventually, we shoved these guys back into the garbage bin of history. And the same has to happen in in the U.S. Lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit must be brought against Trump. That man should. I'm going to be very honest here. To save America, you have to destroy Trump. Yeah, I mean, I'm fully, fully with you on that, and I think honestly, probably almost 100 of our audience is as well, because you're we're seeing that even though he's no longer the president, he the Republican Party is still held in his thrall in a quite a dangerous way. We have to save the Republican Party. We gotta. So even the Republican Party, you will find idea lab thinkers. Mitt Romney is an idea lab thinker. Um, idea lab thinkers are thinkers who are open to ideas. They are open to experimentation. Hence the word idea lab. And so there's no, there's no, there's nothing here that says that primitive mind leaders or echo chamber leaders are only on the right or only on the left. Now, those of you who are listening, I, I just want to stress this point: the Republican Party right now. Basically, what has happened is that you have primitive mind leaders dominating. But you got to get the Republican leader, the Republican Party, back to a a higher mind, idea lab type entity. Um, and to do that, again, we got to shove that that Donald prick into the garbage bin of history. I mean, we are with you all the way. I wish it was easier, honestly, because it's really it's a it's a real challenge. We're going to move on to our four questions segment. This is this is just a way that we get to know our interviewees and just on a more personal level. So we always ask the same four questions. And our first question is, what is your happiest memory? And you definitely have an interesting life. So I'm excited to hear what it is. My, my happiest memory, typically it has to do with my kids. It's always stuff with my kids. I just got back from the from from um, um, diving trip with my son. So one of my happiest memories from the past one year was basically just seeing my little boy, who's thirteen, uh, do his first dive. That's really nice. That's really sweet. Kids are definitely important. Yeah. Okay. Next question: If you could go on a vacation with any two people, living or dead, and you go anywhere you want, who would they be, and where would you go? Well, that's super easy. Barack Obama and Elon Musk. Oh, that's interesting. I I love that one. Where would you go, Mars? No, no, not Mars, not Mars. No, why would I go there? You'd die of uh, Elon. Well, where I'd go is Necker Island, Richard Branson's Necker Island. It's a private island by Richard, um, and it's just a tremendous, one of the most beautiful spots in the world. Doesn't sound bad. Sounds like a good time. Lots of interesting conversation. <laughs> Our third question is: What is something that you are absolutely terrible at and cannot be trusted with? <laughs> um, so I I I hate to say I'm terrible 
at something, right? Because everything, because you, you can you you can learn out of everything. But I never, I never ever put in my mind. I'd never put such a negative question in my mind. I wouldn't even bother asking it because anything I'm terrible at right now, I can grow to become good at it. Okay, so so there's nothing you're terrible at and can't be trusted with, even there's at this no, moment. No. Firstly, I'm extremely trustworthy. Anything I'm put in charge of, I will learn, I will innovate, I will grow at it. That is some self-confidence, my friend. I'm pretty impressed. We've never gotten that answer before. Okay, last question. If there was one thing in this world that you could wave a magic wand and fix, what would it be? In many, many things. But the biggest has to be climate change. It's an important one. It's an important one. I, I would I would love to see us find a way. I would love to see us find a way to extract carbon from the atmosphere. Elon Musk just put up a hundred million dollar price for carbon extraction. I'd love to see that come true. I agree. It's definitely definitely necessary. We are coming up right against the clock here. So thank you so much, Vishen. We've learned so much and you have such an interesting story and such an interesting philosophy. And there's so much to learn from from your book. Where can where can people find your books? Can find Mind Valley or find you online? Well, you can find, learn about Mindvalley on mindvalley.com, M-I-N-D-V-A-L-L-E-Y. And that is the URL you want to go check out. What about, where can people follow you if they want to, you know, read your books or hear more? Well, follow me on Instagram, at Vision, at V-I-S-H-E-N, at Vision. Follow me on Instagram. Um, I like to share ideas on human experiences. Uh, right now, I'm obsessed with lucid dreaming. Uh, so every two weeks, I go into a new field of study. And I work with some really great teachers and I, I bring their ideas out to the world through my Instagram account. And um, Mind Valley is the, um, the school for personal growth that I created. You can go check it out at mindvalley.com. And um, it is an education platform where you, you become a student and you dive into all of these amazing programs on elevating every aspect of the human experience from becoming an entrepreneur to developing greater relationships, to boosting your self-confidence, to exploring altered states of mind, to lucid dreaming, and much, much, much more. Thank you so much, Vishen. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you for listening to today's Afternoon Tea. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can help us grow by heading over to the feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe, or follow if you're listening on Spotify. Until next Friday, I'm Sammy Sage, and this has been your political therapy session. Afternoon Tea is brought to you by The Betches Sup. Our producers are Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales, Stacey Wong, and Nicole Pellegrino. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our editor is Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow Morning Announcements on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss a morning news update. 